Welcome to the Big 3 IDP Podcast. Here are your hosts, Josh, Bobby, and Adam. What's up, you diehards, you degenerates, you lovers of defensive football? This is Josh Raymer, and we are back with another episode of the Big 3 IDP Podcast. And I'm joined in StreamYard by two fellow degenerates who are hunkered down at home. Looks like we've got a spare bedroom situation Possibly a laundry room situation for Bobby. Uh, but uh, gentlemen, Adam, Bobby, joining me as always. How's it going, fellas? Going great, Josh. Good to good to have everyone back. Well, it's not the same, you know, as having it in Sochek, but it is uh, it's so sweet to have all you boys here. Mm-hmm. It is. I miss this. I've missed this so much. We don't get to hug each other and smell each other like we typically do. Uh, and I've really missed it, Bobo. I don't know about you. Yeah, you know, seeing the shack today and uh, picking the mic up and everything brought a brought a tear to the eye for sure. Well, we're going to try. We're going to see if the world isn't further just being reduced to ashes next week. We may try to do a a full back to normal sode from the sode shack. It'll be martial law at that point. Yeah, pretty much. The <laughs> National Guard will be roaming the streets, rounding up people in parks and just executing them in the street. Yeah. So, yeah. We'll, so, uh, we'll still be potting one way or the other, even if it's on StreamYard. We're, we're, we're leading. We're leading the country now in, in cases. So, USA. Le- leading USA. the world. <laughs> leading the world in cases, Addy. That's right, baby. The best. The best. Mm-mm. Hey, if we're going to do it, we're going to do it right. I'm sorry. Absolutely. Yeah. So, Bobo, how you been holding up? It's been a little while since we touched base with you. Yeah, we're good. We're good here. Work situation is still kind of hectic and crazy, but I know that's nothing that uh, is new to y'all. Yeah, yeah I was going to say, y'all are in two industries that are like got to be topsy-turvy right now with yeah, banking and insurance. Yeah, we're essential, Josh. You are essential. <laughs> that's you're looking for. We're essential. I'm over- fingernails. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm just like over here, you know, writing articles for people and like, okay, uh, the world is crumbling, but let's work on your Forbes uh, article. So (laughs) not as essential. I'm proud of you, boy, for holding the country together. You're the glue right now. Yeah, Mm -hmm. it's uh, I don't know, man. I don't feel good about it. I don't I'm not a big fan of of doing it. I I feel like it's uh, like it's probably going to stop by this time next week. It'll be here soon. It'll be here soon. It's just not here yet. We're a little more spread out in Kentucky. And our governor's done a great job with everything. He's been a baller throughout this whole process. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's helped. But also we haven't had the tests. So part of us, we don't really know. <laughs> yeah. I thought you were saying it's going to end next week is in your life. And you would just be found dead of Corona at your desk. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> we're not ruling it out. Yeah. So, Bobo, I imagine uh, in your line of work, having to visit some of the boondock cities of Kentucky, mm-hmm. maybe trying to do a little bit less of that now. Keep the old yeah, folks safe. I'm doing a lot of uh, a lot of laptop time in the car. You know, staying in the staying in the truck. That sounds like a euphemism for watching porno in your vehicle, Bobby. Well, <laughs> look, we all need to let off uh, pressure and stress. Oh, uh, that's funny. That's a good one, Josh. Thank you. All right, gentlemen. Well, we're here to talk football. Um, As of right now, the NFL season is still happening. Uh, The draft, it was just announced. Roger Goodell sent out the memo. Hey, guys, stop pissing and moaning. The draft is happening as as it has been scheduled. It'll be from a broadcast studio, probably somewhere in California, but it is still on schedule. 
Uh, off-season activities, we'll see. The NFL season, we'll see. Heard from a little birdie, an actual NFL player, that uh, it is being floated that the whole season might just be canceled. So mm. that is terrifying. But as of right now, football is still going to be happening, so we're going to keep podcasting about it. They can't make that call right now. There's no reason to make that call right now. Don't do that, NFL. <laughs> no, they won't. It, they, I think they'll literally will have to be like NFL players dropping dead or, you know, GMs dropping dead before they'll actually put an end to the season. Yeah. What are we going to do? If we uh, we haven't really discussed that. What are we going to do? What are we going to do if we uh, it's going to put a hold on, I guess, the brand for a little bit? <laughs> what will have to happen? There'll be some sort of like um, maybe like a. Uh, a secondary kind of side movement of NFL players who are like, let's just put forth our best Madden player and Mm. we'll just like do a big simulation of the season every week. So I guess we'll just turn into like Twitch stream uh, analyst for the 2020 season. I've heard that's Mm. a thing too, where you could do fantasy based off of, you know, Madden performances and stuff. That is like, that is two levels too deep of nerddom. I think I would immediately um, lose all respect and credibility if we were doing Twitch stream analysis on RSO. (laughs) (laughs) We'll we'll be desperate at that point, maybe. I mean, that could, things could be grim and we will look for any, any, any bit of light, any bit of light we can get, Josh. (laughs) But also, I say that, uh, and we started a podcast for 12 people in one fantasy league. So we we really don't have any reason, any room to talk when it comes to being having nerdy pastimes. Yeah, we're not Mm -hmm. better. We're not better than that. No, we're really not. So that's the backup plan. You know, maybe we'll have like Anthony Costanzo representing the Colts week in and week out, battling through the NFL 2020 season on Madden. We'll see. Should be fun. (laughs) hey you never know i saw that trump wants to get us back at work right after easter because what a beautiful timeline that would be yeah what day is easter uh i don't know i think it's uh sometime in like middle of april april yeah Yeah. wow maybe like like the 13th or 14th so yeah remember when this wasn't real about a month ago yeah it was it wasn't gonna be a thing yeah it would uh, it would die off in a couple days maybe a week yeah yeah, my mom so, was telling me go get toilet paper. I was like, "What is she talking about?" <laughs> that so fun. No. down a little bit. Thank God, right? Have you guys? Have you guys been out to the stores? Yeah. And so for we, a while, you know, I saw I saw a funny tweet about uh, you know, uh, January first, twenty twenty. You know, this is going to be my year. Uh, March fifteenth, me wiping my ass with a coffee filter. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that one too. That's great. Yeah, for some reason, this was before all this happened. It may have just been because we were in like the post baby. I don't want to run out that much phase, you know, where you mm. just try to get everything in one fell swoop and stock up. But we mm. bought forty rolls of toilet paper at Sam's and thirty paper towel rolls. So wow. plus good. we had like two thousand napkins. So we are we're golden. Plus. Babies, you know, baby supplies. We've got approximately 10 million baby wipes. So mm. our butts are going to be clean at least for the next two or three years if this thing gets really bad. <laughs> they go quick. They go quick. You wouldn't believe the amount of uh, messes those things make. I mean, we go through about a big pack of wipes about every like seven to eight days. Yeah. yeah. You, you don't realize how quickly things go with a baby until they start going. The bigger those messes get, though, it's going to be 
You, you quit counting wipes at a certain point. You just like you get past ten, and you're like, "This is just a five alarm fire." There's a, yeah. there's a lot of people I've noticed that try and like a lot of dads will try and shame other dads based on like how many wipes they use. You know, they always mm-hmm. want to they want to be like, "Oh, I, I did it in three wipes," and I'm always yeah. like, "Is your, yeah, is your child's reason. bud? Is it clean?" Yeah, I'm, I'm in there using like sometimes twenty. <laughs> Whatever you got to do, like who cares. <laughs> Just get that butt clean. All over my hands. I mean, no. I don't sometimes I'm like, "How are you just using three? But they're proud of it. And uh, yeah. no dad shaming. Don't do that. Guys. Yeah. If you yeah. need, if you need twenty wipes, if you need the whole, need the whole sleeve. Yeah. Just whatever it takes. Those, do. those dads grow up to be the ones uh, chewing out the referee and threatening his yeah. family in the parking lot after the game. Yeah. It's a direct yeah. direct correlation. Yeah, we're probably. Uh, Three of the coolest dads out there. So. For sure. For sure. <laughs> it, has been, it has been fun joining the dad club. For yeah, sure. Man, welcome. Mm. Glad to be here, guys. Well, let's talk some football. We got a great episode lined up for you guys. We're going to hit some news. So many news items. We did a ton on the last couple episodes, and it feels like we haven't even talked about half of them yet. So we're going to hit some news. And then over the next four weeks, we thought this would really be a fun exercise in the run-up to the actual NFL draft because we're about a month away at this point. To look back, our league is entering its fifth year, so we've had four rookie drafts. And over the next four weeks, we're going to do a rookie draft review. We're going to look back at each of the four previous rookie drafts that our league has done and see what kind of hit rate, what kind of bust rate, how did those how have those rookie picks shaped up, you know, uh, f- four years in, three years, two years, one year in? How are things looking? Because there's this is optimism season right now, fellas. Everyone that has Bobo, I know you're in this same boat. You've got a lot of rookie picks mm-hmm. and you are banking on those guys being key contributors for your team. Mm-hmm. But this is meant to be a little bit of reality check of. How effective is building through a rookie draft in a fantasy league? Obviously, small mm-hmm. sample, just four years from one league, but it should be a fun exercise nonetheless. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's extremely terrifying right now to think about how many rookie picks I have. But, you know, here we are. What was the tally? Wasn't it like $40 million? 40, I think it's $44 million, Josh. 30-something of which is in the first round. So There you go. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of money, but two hundred million it'll be all right. Fourth my team. There you go. Um, so Bobo, let's uh mm-hmm. let's jump over here and look at some news. Addy was kind enough to write these up in the doc for us. And um we've gosh, so many news items here. A lot of IDP stuff is going down. In fact, looking at this list, I would say it is almost exclusively IDP news that Addy has put in the doc uh, mm-hmm. for us here. So let's jump into some of the juicier news items, some of the more recent stuff, Bobo. The Cincinnati Bengals have been spending some money this offseason, which is not normal for them. Usually this mm-hmm. is a team that spends very little money in free agency, but they just, uh, I think it was announced today, Von Bell signed a three-year deal with Cincy. Uh, they've also signed Trey Waynes, three years, 42 million. Uh, DJ Reader, four years, 53 million. They signed Josh Bynes as well. Mm-hmm. So, do you like this approach, Bobby, that Cincinnati is going with here? 
spending all of this money in free agency a little bit, like we said, outside the norm for them. Where were they at, I guess, cap wise, as far as like, you know, teams with the most amount of money, were they one of the top 10 teams probably to spend money? I'm going to scroll down and see what they were looking like. Cause Addy had this awesome chart in here. Yeah. And so the Bengals had about $44.7 million. Now this was a mm. few weeks ago, so they might have yeah. cleared up some cap space, but they were mm. looking at about 45 million. Um, I guess for Vaughn Bell, for me, it's okay. Um, with Sean Williams, it's going to be a little bit interesting. You know, Sean Williams, I think in our uh, main league last year, he was like a top five safety, wasn't he? He was. Um, he was really high up there. And then the other thing, I guess, not so much selfishly anymore because I've got him gone, but Jesse Bates played really well um, also. So I don't know. I just, I didn't really see safety here as being a big need for the Bengals, but I mean, I don't hate it, but it's it's not something that I probably would have gone out and done. The around the NFL podcast, I heard one of the guys talking about he sees Bates and Von Bell being the starters with Sean Williams potentially moving into like a nickel linebacker role, which would be kind of mm-hmm. interesting. I think if I had Sean Williams, I'd be kind of excited about that. I talked mm-hmm. with uh, Mike W about um, about this. Um, I kind of was looking at it as the Bengals have been spending a ton of money. Um, Sean Williams is a, uh, $4.4 million cap hit, uh, with only 400 K in dead and uh, dead money. So releasing him frees up 4 million, a team that's been spending a lot and who may be up against the cap. I could see maybe Williams getting released cause he hasn't been that good, even though he was mm-hmm. calling the plays and stuff. He's not that good of a player. They weren't that, mm-hmm. that defense was not good. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised to maybe see him moving on. And just letting and just running with the young guys, Von Bell and Jesse Bates. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that is, that's, Mike kind of echoed what you were saying. He thinks that they're going to keep all three, and they're going to have um, Sean Williams as kind of the you know nickel linebacker. Hmm. Yeah, I wanted to see. Yeah, Von Bell's only twenty five. Yeah, he's young. Reunited uh, back in Ohio. He was from. He played at Ohio State. Hmm. There you go. So that's cool. Yeah, that's we'll fun, see. That's a fun defense, though, man. They've they've made a lot of really nice moves. Um, I think me and you might have talked about it last episode, but they're solid, man. They're solid everywhere. And even the corners they brought in. They brought in Trey Waynes, uh, Mackenzie Alexander, both from Minnesota. Um, Trey Waynes isn't that good, but you know, that's really the, that's that's really their weakness still is the is the uh the corners, but they're stout, they're pretty solid, and they may add to the uh the draft too. You never know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what's the deal with the uh, Minnesota connection there? Is there some sort of coach on the staff who coached in Minnesota? It's weird to go get two guys from the same team from the same position group. Yeah, I didn't look into that any, anymore. Um, but yeah, I thought that was odd too. Yeah, so Bengals making some moves here. Another interesting move that I think has implications for another player on the roster. Um, this guy returning from injury, Patrick on reunites with teammate CJ Mosley, uh, after signing with the jets. So we have to wonder, Baba, what do you think this means for Avery Williamson? They've already re-signed Neville Hewitt cutting Williamson would save them about $6.5 million. Yeah. I guess I'm probably, again, selfishly thinking more about the other side, uh, the Baltimore side, probably. Um, I think it's, I don't know. I mean, 
it's hard to make any sense of what's going on right now for the Jets linebacking core. After last year, you know, you had Cashman, you had Hewitt. Um, we all expected big years out of Mosley and Williamson and never saw them. So I don't know. On Warsword to me is okay. I, I don't think he's like elite or anything. Um, I guess now I'm thinking, does this mean that Baltimore – is taking a they've got to be taking a linebacker with their draft pick or maybe even looking to move up in the draft, you know. Um, I know we've talked about that in the last couple of episodes about, you know, those top 10, top 15 picks. I think we're going to see a lot of teams move around. And I think you could see a Baltimore move up to try to grab a an Isaiah Simmons or a Kenneth Murray or, or you know, make sure they get the guy that they like. Yeah, who is the linebacker there in Baltimore right now? Um, I mean, is there anybody of note right now? Chris Board. It seems uh, like that is a huge position of need for them. LJ Fort. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah, mean, they'll, they'll be, and then Judon, you know, as the edge yeah. rusher. Um, but yeah, they, they're definitely probably going to do something. I could see them. It'd be cool if they added like Patrick Queen or mm-hmm. you're right, Kenneth Murray. Mm-hmm. Um, they would be, a, you know, that'd be huge for their value too. Yeah. When was the last time Baltimore had a good linebacker? It's been since CJ Mosley, you know, but CJ was kind of hobbled up those last couple of years. Mm-hmm. Um, but really, you know, probably what Ray Lewis was really the the, bat, the last beast. Yeah. They had the uh, Giants Ravens Super Bowl, I think from either 2000 or 2001 on NFL Network, because, you know, they are hurting for content right now. Yeah. And that was um, pretty early on in Ray Lewis's career, but everyone wore like the humongous bulky shoulder pads mm-hmm. um, and had like the old school helmets that looked like it was sold at like a replica gift shop. Um, and, but man, Ray Lewis was a beast in that game. That, that game though may have been the worst quarterback matchup of all time in a Super Bowl between Kerry Collins and mm-hmm. Trent Dilfer. Hmm. Yeah, Trent Dilfer, who now coaches my cousin's football team down in Nashville. So wow. that's a that's a very strange thing. So uh, let's look at some other items. This is just some kind of miscellaneous news items uh, that we had not really touched on yet. Uh, Devondre Campbell signs with Arizona, and I will actually pull up the details of the contract. I believe he got a pretty nice deal. Uh, we talked about it. Obviously, uh, Deion Jones has kind of been hobbled here in past years, but Devondre Campbell, at least from a fantasy standpoint, clearly outplayed um, Deion Jones last year in Atlanta. So he only got a one-year contract worth about $8.5 million. So you have to wonder if this is sort of like a prove-it deal, if maybe... He just took more guaranteed money in one year just to hit the market next year. But I th- I would have thought Campbell would have gotten a little more a little more guap than that, Bobby, don't you think? Yeah. But I get it. You know, I'm a little bit worried about Arizona next year. They are kind of starting to establish themselves a little bit. And we'll talk about another guy here coming up that they've grabbed that I, I really enjoy as well. But um, yeah, I mean, it's fine. I I'm not against you know, it being a one-year kind of prove-it deal. I don't know if Campbell outplayed Deion Jones as much last year as 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 much as it was just maybe Atlanta not having a great year all around, um, you know, offensively or defensively. But I, I'm okay with it. It's just kind of 
kind of meh to me. Yeah, seems like a move that, um, like, the Cardinals aren't really betting on him as a big part of their future, but maybe a guy that they wanted to bring in is kind of like a dart throw. Kind of like in your auction, you take a you take a flyer on a guy late. That kind of seems like what they're doing with Campbell. Mm-hmm. Addy, what do you think? Uh, Deion Jones, we're back. We're back in. We're Wheels back up. In. Wheels up for yeah. Deion, baby. I saw Joey uh, put out a good article today about, uh, I think you called Devondre Campbell a uh, the vampire, the fantasy vampire, something like that. Um, nice. And that's what he done, man. He he's he sucked the tackles away from Deion Jones last year. We had, we were all beating that drum, and then uh, you know he made us look bad. And a big part of that was because Devondre Campbell, I think, had 130 tackles. So he's out of town. I think we could see Deion Jones return to that uh, number one linebacker status, high end number two linebacker. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. So, as- but I don't think he's going to be that great in. Um, in Arizona, you still got Jordan Hicks there. Um, but Does this you know, hurt Jordan Hicks's if, if the vampire's in Arizona, is this hurt Hicks? Exactly. Yeah, I think it's going to hurt. It's going to hurt him a little bit too. Um, so, yeah, uh, I, I, I'm probably fading Hicks anyway this year, just because I, you know. I think but, we talked about that previously. Just sell high on the fact that he was LB one. Literally, the only way he has to go is down. Mm-hmm. Uh, played 100% of snaps for Arizona. Probably yes. not going to happen again. Uh, this is a guy who's previously been, you know, battled with injury. So this was just a dream season. And now you get the vampire in there. Yeah, this is a perfect time. Uh, try to dump uh, Jordan Hicks before your league mates realize what's going on. Mm-hmm. Yep. So we have Campbell on the way out in Atlanta and Dante Fowler coming in on a three-year, $48 million deal. Bobby, speak to it. This obviously hurts your heart seeing another Ram walk out the door. It's just getting to be a little bit ridiculous these days. (laughs) Who are they going to have play defense? Are they just going to bring back Wade Phillips to play linebacker now? I'll just go ahead and fill in the next little uh, news news item there, Josh. With uh, go ahead and yeah, send Brockers to the Ravens. I was going to say Michael Brockers signs a three year deal with the Ravens, so there's another person walking out that door. Corey Littleton gone. Um, I don't know. I think it makes so much less sense now for that Ramsey trade last year. Um, just none of this stuff makes sense at all. Um, we haven't even paid Ramsey yet, which is really concerning. And we gave like a ton for him. Um, I thought sure you what... all had paid him. Oh my God. You've got that looming. Oh yeah. Oh man, Bob, that's going to get so ugly. Yeah. I probably, yeah, he's not going to stay if they're not good. He's going to yeah. want like five years, 75 million, something insane like that. That's yeah. coming, man. I've been looking at Cardinals jerseys on eBay a lot here lately. <laughs> Hey, yeah, it's a good it's a good time to switch. Jeez, man, no, it's pretty depressing. Uh, Brockers had a great year last year. You know, Fowler obviously I think had 10, 11, 12 sacks. Um, I think obviously a little bit of that was helped. You know, playing alongside of Aaron Donald because he had three people on him by himself. So Fowler probably owes half of that to AD. Um, but yeah, it sucks as a Rams fan. Um, I love it for Fowler. I think that's awesome going to Atlanta. Playing with Deion Jones, that'll be fun. Uh, even Brockers, I don't mind that to the Ravens. You know, Brockers is going to go there. Matt Judon, uh, you're going to have uh, Calais is there. Yeah, and you also have uh, uh, maybe I'm messing his name up, but Jalen Ferguson, who I'm kind of uh, I'm kind of a fan of. Yeah, I like to kind of. I Second think I drafted year. him. 
Yeah, I drafted him in our uh, Unreal tournament yeah. pretty later on. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the Ravens, gosh, if they can get a freaking linebacker. Mm. It's true. I've, I've really liked the moves they've made this offseason. Mm-hmm. Um, who, uh, who was the other guy they brought in on the defensive line? They brought in Campbell, and then they brought in another nice piece. Well, and the other thing I'm thinking oh, about too, this, yeah, but um, I thought they had someone else too. I'm, I'm I'm with you. I think there's one more name, but I, we still love Chuck Clark. You know, you look at mm-hmm. two of the highest performing cornerbacks in cornerback, yeah. you know, needed leagues last year in Marcus Peters and um, help me out here. Yeah, the other guy, oh, Marlon Humphreys. There you go. He played well as well. And then they got Jimmy Smith well as, as well. Well. <laughs> well. Yeah, I was looking right now to see if I could tell you who the other people were. I forgot they lost Marshall Yonda. That hurts the offense. Oh yeah. That's he's yes. a great he's a great offensive lineman, one of the best. And you gotta wonder if Matthew Judon it feels like they want to keep Judon though. Yeah, they tagged yeah. him. Um doesn't seem like a tag and trade scenario to me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Man, they got him. They got freaking Calais Campbell for a fifth round pick. That still blows my mind. That's unbelievable. And he'll yeah. he'll uh, he'll be motivated there. You know that that's sure. a, that was a, that was a great signing. It really great was. Trade. Good job, Ravens. Good team. Stay good. Yeah, he's never had a really good chance to run after it. You know, he had that one AFC Championship year, but um, I guess prior years he just kind of eh, never had a chance to go for the ring. Yeah. So let's look at a couple, uh, a few. Linebacker moves here. We'll just hit a few of these real quick. Uh, Christian Kirksey, two-year deal with Green Bay. Nick Vigil signed a one-year deal with the Chargers. And to hear Whitehead signs a two-year deal with the Panthers. Uh, Rule was uh, the coach uh, at Temple when Whitehead was there. So this makes a lot of sense. Uh, Same reason they brought Robbie Anderson in was because of the Matt Rule uh, Temple connection. So... Uh, is this is any of this good for these three linebackers? Is this an improvement in their situations at all, really? Well, I mean, I don't think that Whitehead's going to be as good as he's been, but it still makes him at least serviceable. He's going to get playing time. He'll get tackles. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's a nice little bench piece to target later in your draft, you know, redraft, not mm-hmm. uh, dynasty. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, same with Kirksey. I mean, Kirksey could be really good this year. If he stays healthy, that's always uh, an issue with him is health. But he is in a prime spot. You know, I I, I could see him being a top twenty four linebacker easy. Because do we think that Martinez is gone? He's gone. He's in. He's yeah. in. Uh, he's with the Giants now. Gettleman. That's right. That's right. Gave him wow. Yeah. So Kirksey could be a better player than freaking Martinez. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Martinez isn't good. Yeah. And that's it's such a Gettleman and- move. Mm-hmm. Kirksey, it hurts me to say because I was really hopeful for him last season and he played well, got the chest injury really early on, though, and was just shut down the rest of the season. He's kind of a guy like Jordan Hicks. I could see him making a leap. I think he has all the talent in the world, but I'm just going to be out on Kirksey until I see him do it just because unless you can grab him late, unless you can grab him as like your you know, fifth linebacker or something where you don't have to depend on him, but he's just, until he can prove that he can play a full season, man, that's such a risk right there. Very true. 
So what about yeah. uh, but he's gonna be cheap? He's going to be cheap. So that's nice. You know, you're not going to you, you'll be able to get he'll probably be like, you know, 35th, 40, 40th uh, overall linebacker. So you're not going to have to spend a lot probably to get him. People will forget about him. He'll slip through. Yeah, I think if you can get him late, then, yeah, I'd be everyone. I would be interested in just about everyone at the right price at the right draft position yeah but not a guy i'm going to be reaching for as like my second or third linebacker uh what about actually and and i don't mind to uh this is relevant we had a question today in one of the the leagues i'm in it was about christian kirksey and um he was asking someone was wanting a second round pick for he had the guy had christian kirksey and he was wanting the guy to give him a second round pick and uh, he was like is that is that too much for Kirksey, and we're like, yes, definitely. That's way too much for Kirksey. Um, if you're trading a second round pick, uh, you're wanting someone that's young. You're wanting you're wanting someone that's also going to be productive for a little while because those second round picks those can be very valuable. Mm-hmm. So second round pick, you're looking for a Deion Jones, a, a Zach Cunningham, a Jayon Brown. That's the type you're looking for. If you're looking, if you if you want to target Kirksey or someone like that, he's probably like a fourth round pick. Yeah, like, I was going to say yeah. I'd give a fourth. But yeah, yeah, second is is way too much. Yeah. So I don't like. I think this is a downgrade for Nick Vigil. He's now in the L.A. Chargers quagmire with linebackers. We talked about your baby uh, being able to escape um, and go to. Remind me who this was. It was Jatavis Brown going to the Eagles. Yes. Yeah. So able to escape the the quicksand there in Los Angeles. But now you just throw Nick Vigil, who's been serviceable for IDP. You throw him into that, and like you said in the doc here, Addy, it's just kind of gross. Yeah, I I hate it most for Drew Tranquil. That's that's because I was excited about him. I thought he was going to be a nice, you know, he could. Even though we know how wonky the uh, the linebackers are there, I thought maybe this guy sticks. Maybe they actually give this guy the most playing time because I think he's the best of the group. Mm-hmm. Um, but that kind of puts a damper on that. I'll probably just be avoiding him again. You yeah. know. I don't want to deal with that. Yeah, let's say, Bobby, all these guys go at a relatively fair draft position. Which of these three guys with draft capital being equal are you most interested in for 2020? Kirksey, Vigil, or Whitehead? Oh, Kirksey for sure. Yeah, because, you know, Whitehead, Shaq Thompson is going to eat this year. Uh, Nick Vigil, I'm with Adam. What was the dude who uh, had an awesome, like, uh, half of like his rookie year, you drafted him, Adam. Uh, and then ever since then, for the Chargers, Davis. 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 yeah. Because see, I kind of had that with Kaiser White. You had like a small sample size where you're like, dude, this guy is about to go off. And then it was like, wait, never mind, we're not gonna play him anymore. Yeah. So the Chargers are just frustrating. I think Vigil will be all right, but Kirksey for sure, for sure. Yeah. So let's look at some safety news here, fellas. A uh, few guys on the move. Um, Haha Clinton Dix signs a three-year deal with Dallas. Malcolm Jenkins is going to the Saints. And Adrian Phillips signed with the New England Patriots. Oh, and let's go ahead and grab this one as well. Carl Joseph signed a one-year deal with the Browns. So similar type of question here, fellas. Which of these moves do we like the best for the player? Who has put themselves, if any, into a better situation in 2020 than they were in in 2019? Bobby, you first. (laughs) 
I like the move for Phillips. I think he'll be really useful there in New England. Um, I like that move a lot. I don't know why Dallas felt the need to get HaHa for three years. Um, because it's a, Dallas. I guess. Um, I know I would – I'm not a big Malcolm Jenkins fan. I know a lot of people are. I would have preferred to keep Von Bell. I'm not sure what New Orleans cap was like, um, but that might have been a situation that they had to do. Carl Joseph one year to Cleveland could be interesting. You know, they're going to be a much different defense next year. Josh, I know that probably helps you a little bit because, you know, I know um, in our main league you have Abram and you had Joseph. You really didn't want both of them. You kind of wanted them both to be, you know, separate teams and stuff, but probably Phillips. I actually salary dumped Carl Joseph um, about a month ago. So I oh, thought no. I had him on my team still, but I was like, oh, no, I salary dumped him to Charlie. So um, okay. and then um, let's see here. Yeah, the the Malcolm Jenkins one was interesting. I don't know if Von Bell was just too pricey. I mean, we did see him land that big deal uh, with the Bengals. So maybe the Saints just didn't have the cap. They are yeah, historically strapped. a very cash strapped team when it comes to the salary cap. Yeah. So that was probably part of it. I don't uh I don't necessarily prefer any of those guys over the others, but you know, they're all gonna be useful. They're all gonna be nice little targets to have at the back, mm-hmm. you know, the back of your drafts and just nice depth pieces to have at safety. I think they could all be serviceable at certain points throughout the year. And that's what you're looking mm-hmm. for. For sure. Yeah, I was looking to see. So Von Bell got a three year, eighteen million dollar contract. So about six million a year. That's fine. So yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Um, I will say that out of that group, I really like the Carl Joseph uh, signing just because like we talked about with Mike W uh, that is a uh, Browns secondary that is devoid of safety talent right now. And so I think Joseph is going to slot in there as an immediate starter and they could go and address the position in the draft. But I think, I think Carl Joseph's being brought in to start. Wow. Yep. I think so too. Yeah. So uh, a few more moves here, fellas. Um, hey, don't forget the one up top that you skipped over. I'm going to grab it right now because it's yeah. your boys. So we got Leonard Floyd going to the Rams on a one-year deal. We have Jordan Phillips signing a three-year $30 million deal with Arizona. Go get that Indeed. money, Jordan Phillips. And a uh, couple other moves here. Vic Beasley signed a one-year prove-it deal with Tennessee. And Jarrell Casey, we mentioned this, um, his three-year, I didn't realize it was three years, 42 million, holy guacamole, was traded to the Broncos. Um, A.J. Bouye traded to Denver as well. So, Bobby, let's jump back up here to the first one. They let, uh, the Rams let Fowler and Brockers go and bring in Leonard Floyd. You have to be ecstatic about them bringing in a draft bust to replace two of your valuable starters along the defensive line. Yeah, I love it. It's one of the best trades that are uh, one of the best deals the Rams has made have made since uh, the Ramsey trade and the Gurley extension. So all wheels up for the Rams. Wait, I thought those were bad moves, Bobby. What are you trying to say here? Oh, they're fantastic. I've, I've, I've come back around on them in the last 30 minutes. <laughs> That's good. You did give Gurley $41 million in our RSO league. Haven't finalized yet. That's very important. Yeah. What you can do? Which you can follow us up? Which, uh, which rookie draft are we talking about there? We're talking about the uh, RSO rookie draft, not the actual NFL draft. For the rookie yeah. draft review later in the sode? No, I'm talking about that it locks. 
Oh, so the, it's it's I think three days before our rookie draft. That's very helpful. Yeah. So that yeah. when they draft DeAndre Swift, uh, he's gonna he's gonna remove <laughs> remove that. No, it's, uh, isn't it, isn't it bef- is it before our rookie draft or the actual NFL draft? Well, I will check at him while um, you continue to vamp to see what it is in particular. Um, but I believe it was before our rookie draft, but let's see, Bobby, you have uh, ends three days prior to your league's rookie draft. So oh, wow. that's yes. nice. So you've got They're some time. Them. We're not yeah. drafting. We're not doing the rookie draft. That until shouldn't May. be allowed. That shouldn't be allowed. You should have to make that call before the draft. You should have to make it on the podcast. That should I be think, in the fine print. Mm-hmm. I think that, uh, I don't think it'll stick. I think Atlanta will draft somebody. They can't roll with Gurley's knee and then uh, Ito Smith and Brian Hill. You know, they yeah. can't roll that out to start the season. Uh, because, honestly, I think Atlanta could be a playoff team this year. I think, you know, you've got um, – well, I know they lost Hooper, which kind of sucks. But, um, you know, you've got Calvin Ridley. You've got another year of Julio. Um, Brought in I Hayden Hurst to replace. There you go. Cooper, that was it. So. That was the one I was missing. So, Treadwell. Atlanta, yeah. Treadwell. Adam is holding the flame alight for Laquan Treadwell, former Don't Viking. Sleep. Don't sleep. Oh, I'm sleeping, Addy. I'm taking a nice eight hour good Get night up. sleep. Get your ass up. <laughs> but no, the Floyd deal, I hate. I think that's stupid. I do love the Jordan Phillips deal. Um, not only for Jordan Phillips, I mean, that makes Arizona that much more dangerous. So now you've got Devondre Campbell and um, Jordan Phillips that you're adding to that defensive front there that's going to be pretty rough to deal with in the NFC West. But I also love it for the Bills. I think that's all wheels up for uh, your boy Ed Oliver, uh, Shaq Lawson. Um, they're going to gonna be some, some playing time for those boys this year. Yeah, absolutely. Love it for the love it for both sides. You know, it's uh, one of those things where you have guys who are ready to eat there in Buffalo and let Jordan Phillips go out and make his money somewhere else. Nine and a half sacks last year for Phillips. Yeah, had a nice little season. Very Mm -hmm. under the radar. Nice season for Buffalo. Mm -hmm. So um, the other moves here, uh, Vic Beasley. I mean, whatever. Maybe you can grab him in the like late, late rounds of your startup drafts for IDP. Uh, but Jarrell Casey getting traded to the Broncos uh, and Bouye getting traded to the Broncos as well. So the Broncos are taking these flyers on guys that other teams don't seem to want, which is a very interesting strategy. Uh, Addy, I think we talked about, it seems like the Titans might've been some rumblings that they were clearing some cap space to go make a run at Jadevian Clowney. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, and I'm only basing that off of that Madden video that Ben uh, showed us where hey, they had, they had re- leaked. You it's know, a reliable were, source. Yeah, so um, I don't know. It was a Madden clip up where they were showing like you know Gurley in the Falcons uniform, and then like the next the next scene was was Clowny in a Titans uniform. So we we're like, well, does Madden know something. <laughs> Madden knows something, man. They're the so, first uh, ones to find out. Got to update those rosters. Still surprising that he's not signed anywhere yet. So I don't know. Maybe it's maybe it is going to be the tight ones. Maybe uh, maybe Madden knows. Yeah, I still think the Seahawks for Clowney, but I think he's been a little bit shell shocked in terms of wow, I'm not getting the value I thought I was going to get on the open market. Mm. I think so, his best bet is to probably just take like a one or you know a one or two year deal. But he could probably make twenty million a year if he just did a one year. Yeah, for sure. Because some team would be willing to pay him more in one year, not to have to lock him up for like multiple years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
So if he gets it from Seattle, though. I still want him in bed late at night with the Go Hawks Go Instagram Hawks. video. <laughs> God, yeah, that's just all right. Thanks, Russell Wilson. We understand that you're married to like a Yo, uh, you know superstar. I'm gonna see y'all in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> that's a great Russell Wilson, Addy. Go Hawks. <laughs> yeah, it's like clearly, what did you guys just get done doing? You know, you know what they did. Yeah, they gave, Skittles. they gave each other foot rubs. Uh, I love this move for Jarrell Casey, though, because I think, I don't know, I like it also for Jeffrey Simmons because, you know, mm-hmm. Casey gets out of the way. But I think it's a little bit probably of a rejuvenation rejuvenation for Casey. I think he's still a talented guy. He's still younger-ish, you know, kind of that uh, Calais Campbell probably year time frame. Um, but, yeah, that, you know, it's a very John Elway-ish move to go out and get Jarrell Casey, but I don't mind it. I think it's fine. Yeah. It's a lot of money. Really good player. I mean, I don't I'm not uh I guess the Broncos are still trying to be competitive, which I mean obviously you're gonna try and do. You don't mm-hmm. you, you don't really know what you have out of lock. So I mean you can't just like, you know, mm-hmm. you gotta see what's what what how good he is first. And uh so I think, you know, they're just putting the pieces around him to give him mm-hmm. a shot to be successful. Yeah, yeah Terrell Casey is 30 years old. So mm-hmm. if he's if he's the kind of player that Calais Campbell has, which is very, very rare, then he could have some nice years left in the tank uh for Denver. A lot mm-hmm. of those interior linemen, guys like that, I mean, they they they're still just as good, even though they age. I mean, because they're men. They're just grown ass men, you know, at yes. this point. Calais Campbell is the definition of grown ass man if there ever was one. Like if we had to put forth one person, the aliens come down, they're like, give us your best grown ass man. Calais Campbell is the one stepping forward. I'm yeah. number two. I'm number two. You are number yeah. two, Addie. Second you are man. number two. Second man. Yeah, you're no longer first man. Well. Okay. <laughs> okay. That's fair. That's fair. Last IDP move here, fellas. This one was pretty recent. Uh, Quentin Dunbar traded from Washington to Seattle. Uh, Addy, you have this as an underrated move for Seattle. Yeah, it's a good football move. Uh, Dunbar is one of the better coverage corners in the league. And uh, yeah, I mean, Seattle, you know, that's a team that's always built around their secondary. And uh, yeah, I really like this move for them. They have a really good secondary again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Quentin Dunbar had some moments last year for IDP. I know I had him on my lineup, uh, you know, at least two or three weeks. Uh, yeah. So he's a, he's a good player. I think he's going to be a nice addition for Seattle. Yeah, and then you got Trey Flowers, you got Quandre Diggs, McDougal. We got Marquise Blair that's hopefully going to come on at some point. So I mean, they've they've done a nice job with that secondary. Let's talk about all these NFC t- West teams that that are going to be great next year. Let's do it. Yeah. Let's keep talking about them, guys. Bobby, you guys are probably the last. Uh, oh, last for sure. Yeah, and look at you know how how fast has the tide turned from the Rams being you know Gurley having seventeen touchdowns in a year to you know he was just released. The the yeah, Rams have to pay. Up. Yeah, they want to pay three million dollars not to have you on their team this year. Yeah. Uh, Bobby, Anyways. are you are you at all worried that this could be the year where everything just kind of implodes in Los Angeles for the Rams and people start calling for um, the coach's job there? Um, I, I'm blanking on his name. Sean, Sean McVay. McVay. If they yeah. start calling for Sean McVay's job, are you a little worried that that could be the outcome this year for the Rams? Um, probably to the uneducated, I would say yes. Um, I think it's smart. I mean, I think like, you know, I don't know if I mentioned this. Uh, well, obviously I didn't on the last show cause I wasn't on there, but 
you know, it's kind of like the Diggs trade. It sucks because Gurley is my dude. You know, same with Adam. But football-wise, I don't know why the Rams didn't get something back for Gurley. I don't think he was worthy of just a straight drop. But, I mean, like, for Minnesota, it sucks to see your best player go. But, I mean, that's that's such a smart move for the Vikings. You know, they've got so many picks back. Um, they're not going to have to deal with Diggs anymore, which, which kind of – you know, to me is a positive and a negative, but I don't know. I think, I think that the moves that, you know, not signing Dante Fowler, uh, letting Brockers go, letting Gurley go. I think there's going to be more things to come. I think you could see maybe cooks dropped as well. It's just one of those years where people are going to have to realize like, look, this is just who we are. We've got 11 guys out there. I'm pretty sure we're going to see what we can do. And the, the other thing that sucks is that the division is getting so much better. I mean, like, unbelievable but it just you know y'all talked about this a little bit on the last episode too about the running back contracts and you know i can't believe that there wasn't a bigger stink in the new cba about running back rookie contracts they need to be so much more because these franchise tags for like i bet derrick henry's gonna throw a fit this year um you know and and rightfully so he should the the year that i mean he 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 got the Titans as far as they did by by himself, you know, and then they just said, "Yeah, we're going to give this thirty-one-year-old, you know, Brian Tannehill a ton of money, but here's ten million dollars, whatever it is." Yeah, you just had one of the best seasons in history, but yeah. we're not going to give you that contract. And they were smart not to. Oh, but at yeah. the same time, it's you you hate it for Derrick Henry because he deserved to get the bag, and now he's going to be stuck. Uh, playing for way, way, way less money than he could have got on the open market. And, and shout out to Le'Veon for doing it a couple years ago because that's kind of what you know started this whole thing of people realizing maybe we're not paying these running backs enough from the beginning. Yeah, and and why wouldn't Tennessee do it again next year? Why not just tag them again? Yeah, that's right. Definitely could. Probably will. I mean, just depending on how this season goes, if they if he shows he's still got some tread left on the tires, I think you could be seeing a second straight franchise tag gear. What it goes up like maybe twenty, twenty five percent. So that would just be it would be twelve million instead of ten million. It's still yeah. it's still pennies on the dollar for what he should be making. Yeah. So let's talk about some other offensive moves here, fella. Fellas. Uh, and we got uh yeah, some interesting uh moves shaking out here in free agency. Uh, Melvin Gordon finally found a home two years, $13.5 million deal with Denver. Uh, what do you all see this doing to the backfield there? Do you think this is like adios Royce Freeman? Do you see it being a three headed monster kind of like a San Francisco situation? Addy, what are you thinking there in Denver? Yeah, I think, uh, I think Royce Freeman's going to get, I don't, he may be gone, but if he stays, he's not going to get much work. Um, I see Melvin Gordon get the getting the majority of the snaps and carries, um, and Phil Lindsay will be sprinkled in. I mean, mm-hmm. Melvin Gordon is is a really good pass catcher as well. So I don't necessarily think there's going to be like a third down back. Um, mm-hmm. I think, and and the stuff I was I've been seeing today is that they're gonna they want Melvin Gordon to be the bell cow. So mm-hmm. I don't know how much you buy into that, but. Um, Based on the early stuff, it seems like they're going to give Melvin Gordon the lion's share. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I don't. Phil, I, Phil Lindsay's good, and yeah, I don't that's that's, that's the problem. You can't just hold that talent off, you know. If mm-hmm. uh, you're going to have to get him on the field, and maybe they they try and uh, find out a way to use both of them at the same time. 
Yeah, I don't buy it just because Lindsay is so good. Um, I actually like him at this stage a little bit more than Gordon, just in terms of ability as a running back. Uh, but you know, still an undrafted guy. And it's like, once you get that label, it's really hard to overcome that. Gordon was obviously a highly drafted guy. They paid not premium top dollar for him, but he is a big name free agent acquisition that is going to come in and get some work. But I don't think it's going to be adios. Um, Philip Lindsay guys, just too talented. Yeah. I think all these guys are sales right now. Sell Gordon, you know, Selling to the guy who, you know, send the send the link for, uh, you know, the bell cow uh, tweet or whatever. I'd get rid of Lindsay as well because this is just going to be a frustrating situation. And then I don't know. I guess Royce Freeman might be the buy for me right now, even though I own him. I'm not too optimistic about him. I'm just hoping that they, you know, ship him off to somebody else because I think he still is okay. I don't think I don't think the book's been written on him yet, but I don't know. I don't really want any of these guys right now. I think it'll be a muddy situation. That's and the, I don't really want any answer. of this. It's kind of the same thing with San Fran. I don't want any of the San Fran guys right now, just to be honest with you. No. You know, one week it's going to be freaking Tevin Coleman. The next week it's going to be um, the guy I have, Mostert. You know, it's just – it's not re- reliable enough for, for fantasy. And keep in mind with Denver, too, I am not a believer in Drew Locke. So I think that offense is really going to struggle. And I just don't want offensive pieces necessarily from an offense that – isn't going to be, you know, top 20, top, you know, 15. I'm going to try to stack pieces from those top 15 offenses, which I just don't think Denver is going to be. So maybe, uh, maybe Cortland Sutton's a sale right now, which sounds ridiculous, but maybe Denver's just going to run the ball a ton this year. They're interesting, man. Can't you see them making a move to go get Cam Newton? That seems like the best fit right now. Seems like a John Elway type of guy. Think about what Elway's approach has been. Peyton Manning. Went and got Brock Osweiler, or no? Mm-hmm. Did he? He sent Osweiler off. Went and got Joe Flacco. Went and got Case Keenum. He loves these big name veteran your guys. Your boy Josh. You forgot to say your boy. Who's that? Peyton Manning. That's what I said him first. Peyton Manning, Case oh, okay. Keenum, and Joe Flacco. So I could absolutely see Cam Newton. I think. I think teams are waiting on Newton right now, just because of the medical stuff with all the coronavirus stuff going on. It's really hard. I know he passed a physical, but it's really hard to get a sense right now because facilities are shut down. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's not a lot of stuff happening. Newton kind of got done dirty by the Panthers getting released when he did. They should have released him back in January before all this stuff started and not tried to string him along and say at the combine that he's their guy. And then two weeks later, they cut him like this is just it's just inexcusable the way this has been handled. Yeah, quit with, with the wordplay. What? Quit, quit with the wordplay. Are you telling this to Cam? <laughs> That's what he said. That's what he said in that weird font. Right? I can't. I couldn't read that. I don't read hieroglyphics. I'm sorry. Yeah. He's good. Adam does. Yeah, he's good. His hair, though, somebody's got to put my dude in touch with the barber because that hair has gotten out of control. I love it. So y'all saw the video that was floating around today about uh, is it's all these workout videos and he just seems angry the entire time he's working out, (laughs) saying you know just he just seemed just they gave up on me. That's what he said in the one today. <laughs> I mean, that was pretty much the Instagram caption as well. Like, yeah. I didn't want this. Like, you guys are pushing me out the door. So if I'm John Elway, I'm like trying to get 
my feelers out with Newton right now, figure out, is this guy healthy? And I'm trying to bring him in because I'm sorry, even if you do believe in Drew Locke, have some kind of fallback plan. You know, mm-hmm. what if Drew Locke face plants three games into the season? What are you going to do then? Elway, Elway kind of needs a nice, successful season in Denver to keep his job, I think. So... Josh always calling for people's jobs. Hey, that's my favorite part, baby. I, I own that 100%. No shame. Fire everybody every year to start over from yeah. scratch. <laughs> Not enough that, the, that there's about to be 30% unemployment in this country. Josh needs more. Add John Elway to the mix. Uh-huh. He's been terrible since Manning left. <laughs> All right, other moves Bad here. Bad heart. I knew it was coming. <laughs> got some other moves here. Uh, we got Robbie Anderson. Going to the Carolina Panthers. This was kind of fascinating. I know we talked about the Matt Rule connection already, but that was already a pretty talented wide receiving core. It's like, are they, we talked about them maybe trying to tank, but it seems like with Teddy now adding Robbie Anderson. This sucks. Why does this suck? Because Teddy two gloves. He ain't the he he's not that's not they don't match. That's not a match with Robbie Anderson. No, Robbie Anderson is a deep threat. And um I think I, I heard this today, and this was incredible, that during his stretch last year with the Saints, he averaged six air yards per attempt. Teddy Bridgewater Indeed. did. Like Indeed, I think bro. I think our buddy Lauren, when his shoulder went out in the backyard during our auction draft, uh, I think he still threw the ball further than six yards. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So I love Teddy Two Gloves as a person. As a player, though, this is going to be a check down machine. McCaffrey's about to be the number one running back again in fantasy for the next three years. Ian Thomas, pretty solid, but I hate this for all the receivers. I hate it for Mm -hmm. all of them. Although, I mean, maybe I'm just, uh, maybe I'm hating on Teddy because Michael Thomas was still a baller, even with Teddy. So maybe DJ Moore retains his value. I don't, I'm not buying it, though. I don't want any of these receivers. That's a lot of good receiving options there. I feel like the pie is going to be split way too small. I'd want McCaffrey, of course, but maybe in Thomas because the tight end landscape is so gross. But yeah, the receivers now, you know, Robbie Anderson could have landed in a plush situation. Imagine if he was in Green Bay as the number two wide receiver opposite Minnesota. Uh, Why not Minnesota? That would have been sweet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I don't know. I don't like it. I agree. I think this is a serious downgrade for all of the Carolina receivers just because now you have another weapon in the offense that is going to demand some targets. Yeah, Yeah. speaking of some of these deep receivers, uh, Diggs is a sell right now, right? Ooh, buy. You're, going, you're going from one of the most accurate, not one of the most accurate quarterbacks, but, you know, decently accurate in Kirk to – Josh Allen, I don't know. I think it could be a frustrating year for Diggs. We we saw John Allen have – I mean, we, we saw uh, John Brown have his best year with uh, Josh Allen. I mean, and also Diggs only got 93 targets last year. They just don't have the volume mm-hmm. uh, to really – I don't know. It makes it, it was frustrating when he was in Minnesota. I don't think it's going to be much different. I think it's going to be about what it was in Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Um but do you we'll think see. he gets? Do you think he gets more than a hundred targets? In in Buffalo, yes. In Buffalo, yes. Even though that's a more of a run first offense. Um, I don't know. We'll see. Teams can change year to year. I could. I could. I mean, I could see. Uh, I could see Josh Allen taking another step forward as a passer. I mean, it's mm-hmm. just it's going to be his third year. So yeah. even it's though possible. yeah, he struggled with with accuracy problems 
Um, the dude has a rocket though. Yeah, for sure. They got yeah. they have a fun they have a really fun receiving group. I mean, I, I'm a fan of John Brown. Always have liked John Brown. Obviously, mm-hmm. Diggs. I'm a Diggs fanboy. And then Cole Beasley's a nice nice piece mm-hmm. in the slot. Mm-hmm. Um, so they have they have some talent there. I'm I'm not I'm not necessarily uh, selling Diggs. Um, I'll buy. I'll buy. Him. I don't know. I don't. I, I'd say that's probably the mindset, though. I'd say people probably will sell Diggs. I guess I'm probably overinflating his 2019 year. I'm trying to act like it was his 2018 or 2017 year. You know, it's not like he really just went crazy, I guess, in Minnesota last year. It's always Good. like 1,107 and, yeah. you know, 90 catches. Yeah. It's fine. But mm-hmm. it's not like he's – he hasn't he hasn't really taken that next step yet. Mm-hmm. You said you'd be wanting to buy digs right now. What would you be willing to pay just hypothetically? Um, I mean, I don't think you'd have to pay too much. So I'd probably be looking to pay like a late first or something. That's I'd start there. I'd start with mm-hmm. the late first. I mean, in this 2020 draft is fine, but I, that's mm-hmm. probably where I'd start. Yeah. I was thinking somewhere like maybe 110 to 112 range would be, yeah. would be a fair trade. And then I imagine you probably have to, if you had, you know, if you had some thirds and fourths, you probably have to, throw those in you know mm-hmm. but just, I'm, I'm comfortable with that just throw it in just to make me feel better yeah. just throw it in yeah that's right so um brashad perryman played really well for the bucks down the stretch once mike evans went out signed a one-year eight million dollar deal with the jets so robbie anderson out the door come on in brashad perryman mm-hmm. um i don't know mm-hmm. i heard a good argument today that uh Jameis winston uh wide receivers may have their stats overinflated a little bit by Winston's constant YOLO ball. Um, so I don't know that I'm necessarily buying Perryman outside of the Tampa Bay ecosystem. Uh, so yeah, if, uh, if somebody else wants to come calling and get Perryman thinking that, Oh, he's got Sam Darnold. He's going to keep it up with how he was playing last year. I'm happy to sell Perryman right now. Yeah, I agree. Although I, I mean, I really like I really like the signing. I mean, mm-hmm. um, Perriman was pretty good, you know, last year. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I think he's going to slide right into that uh, that um, Robbie Anderson role. Yeah, and you look, you know, comparable right there. Two years, twenty million to Anderson. One year, eight million to Perryman. You know, I love that one year. You're going to make Perryman kind of prove it. And you're going to save twelve million dollars in the process, yeah. and really probably not lose much production. Right. And I know you can't really, you can't knock Anderson a whole lot because uh, what was it that Darnold had mono for like four or five weeks last year? That famous uh, picture of him pointing at the screen. It said Sam Darnold out indefinitely with mono, and it's like. <laughs> Am I going to get mono now? Is this like the movie The Ring where you watch the tape and now you're the next to die? <laughs> yeah. 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 So he had mono. Well, look look back at uh, Robbie Anderson's game log. You know, yeah. he was pretty good down the stretch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And now he's gone and uh, partnered up with the quarterback who throws the shortest amount of air yards per attempt in the league. Yeah. Should God, almost go. lost his leg. Yeah. Like I said, non-contact. Yeah. Yeah. I just think about that injury sometimes and I get a little queasy. So a couple of uh, tight end here, uh, tight end deals here, fellas. Uh, Eric Ebron signs two years, $12 million with the Pittsburgh Steelers. And Tyler Eifert signs a two-year deal with Jacksonville. So, um, man, 
a lot of ill will and bad feelings coming out of Indy after Ebron's um, into last season. Uh, the GM basically called him out for quitting on the team uh, when he opted to have, and I don't know, I have no idea. He had to have surgery on both his ankles. So I don't know how that works uh, as far as like, how are you walking if both ankles uh, need to be operated on? But um, he could have a resurgence, man. He was so good that, that, Last year that he was there with Luck, obviously the downgrade in quarterback really hurt him in uh, 2019. But mm-hmm. Eifert, I think Eifert's done. This doesn't move the needle for me at all with the Jacksonville signing. But uh, Ebron could be a, a nice late dart throw in a, like I said, yucky tight end landscape. Yeah, they're both going to be cheap. So, I mean, you know, you can do worse than both those guys. I mean, I don't know why you'd want to try the Eifert thing again. I, I kind of hate it for Josh Oliver. I thought he was going to maybe have a chance to play more, so that probably puts yeah. a damper on his outlook. But, um, yeah, I mean, I'm not going to – I can't with Eifert. Mm-hmm. Yeah, talented guy, but at some point injuries just chip away too much for there yeah. to be that same kind of explosive player there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Yeah, the Ebron thing, he's just living off that 10 – Tenth touchdown year from you know Andrew Luck and oh it was fourteen you know. touchdowns oh so, so sorry Josh dude dude balled out but uh, definitely an outlier in terms of his production like I said we talked about Jameis inflating stats I think Luck mm-hmm. inflated some stats that last year he played yeah so um, let's say you have a I don't even know twentieth round pick and you can take Eric no 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 take his back you can take Mo Alley Cox or you can take Jack Doyle. Who do you want more? In uh, Jack, Jack Doyle for sure. I think. Uh, I think at least for a redraft for the one year. Um, I think that Doyle dynasty. dynasty Mo Ali Cox probably because I think okay. that the Colts really like Gigantor, uh, but you have Philip Rivers coming in, and uh, I think this could be a situation where some of the short kind of intermediate targets. That's where a lot of the targets are going to be had is in the short intermediate part of the field. And Doyle was always that safety blanket for luck yeah. running the same offense, the same freight Reich offense. I think we could see Jack Doyle kind of return to relevance. Uh, so that would be my answer. How big is Doyle? He's pretty big. I want to say he's probably like six, three or six, four. I gotcha. Gigantor. I think it's like seven foot three though. Yeah. He's huge. So he is, I think, one of the biggest, one of the tallest players. Good God. No, I'm sorry. Jack Doyle is 6'6". Six, six. Wow, Josh. That is a lot taller than what I thought. Uh, but I, I really how do big, think. How big's Cox? So it's about, God, he's 6'6", six, six too. So they're both about the same size. So uh, wow. Doyle and Cox, about the same size. Mm. That's impressive. I'm suddenly really turned on. I don't know. Like, I'm hot. It's kind of sweaty. Yeah, so you like Jack, you like Cox, Bob? Yeah, big fan. Good deal. Thanks, Addy. I'm going to turn your mic off again now. (laughs) So uh, this one I know has to get you excited here, Uh, Addy. you got Tajay Sharp signing a one-year deal with Minnesota, so all your problems are fixed now in a post-Diggs world. Yeah, Diggs who? (laughs) Man. This is... uh... This is life. Corona and Tajay Sharp. Hey, at least, uh, you know, like I said, 
like I tweeted out a few days ago, in an alternate universe, Andrew Luck is still a quarterback for the Colts. But in this timeline, we have a washed up Philip Rivers and coronavirus. Yeah. So yeah, things are really going great. It's tough. So, um, yeah. Remember when Tajay Sharp, people thought he was going to be a thing and yeah. then he mm-hmm. just wasn't. I don't so, mind it. I mean, I, if you if you've noticed, uh, I think we're in a couple leagues where you, in sleeper leagues. Have, have you noticed I've picked him up in a in a few spots? It'll hold. Yeah, I'm fine. I'm fine taking him and just seeing you know what happens with uh, with that rotation, seeing who becomes the number two there. I'm fine. I've yeah. I've got I've got Johnson. I've got uh, Tajay Sharp. So I'll see so, how that plays out. Hopefully borrow- they draft somebody. Yeah, I think they will. I think they're going to use that extra pick from Buffalo to grab one of these uh, high-end wide receivers. But to borrow a phrase from our friend Johnny the Greek, uh, I'd be blasting Tajay Sharp out the airlock right now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's not uh, nothing that I'm too excited about. I'm not, yeah. not, not pumped on him. Yeah, of course not. Um, I just needed a roster spot, literally. That's right. That's it. <laughs> yeah, that's all so, it is. So this little bit of news here at the end is just a uh, a nod to one of Western Kentucky's own, uh, trained by one of our good friends. George Fant signed a three-year, $30 million contract with $14 million guaranteed with the New York Jets to be. This is straight from George. Like I said, our friend trains Mr. Fant. He is going to be their starting left tackle. Wow. Go, George. Nice. So, dude finally gets his opportunity. Yeah. George has one of the coolest stories out there. If you guys don't know, he didn't didn't play football in college. Uh, He was an awesome basketball player. Mm -hmm. Um, I remember seeing him, you know, seeing him play at at high school for Warren Central. Um, Him and and Shane Bahannon, they had had some awesome matchups together, man. Shane Bahannon played for Bowling Green. That's really the two big rivals. Mm -hmm. But – he was a great basketball player. It was like a, you know, was a power forward center type uh, and undersized, you know, he's not the biggest guy uh, for a basketball player, but yeah, played basketball all through, uh, all through college, played for Western was, you know, really the heart of that team. Um, just a really high character guy uh, ended up playing football. I think it was his senior year. He tried to play for Western and they, they moved him to, they, they were going to try him out at tight end. Um and he didn't really get to play much. He didn't play hardly at all. I think but he, he was also like, behind Tyler Higby, right? He was, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so he was behind Tyler Higby. So he didn't get a lot of playing time. Uh, but, you know, he decided to change his body. Um, he got some great advice for, from somebody. Someone saw something in him that uh, that obviously changed his life around, man. And he gained a ton of weight. And uh, Seattle took a shot on him. And now he's got $14 million guaranteed. Yeah, that's that's life changing money right there. Plus, you get to go live in New York. Hopefully, don't go to New York and try to get your physical. I was talking to our friend who trains him right now. Yeah, he's like he hasn't signed the deal because he hasn't passed his physical. Yeah, well, I'm certainly not going into coronavirus epicenter in New York City and going to a hospital to get a physical. So we're going to just let that ride until this whole thing is over. Yes. Stay safe, George. We're proud of you, man. Very cool stuff. Yeah, we'll be definitely. That was the connection, the ticket connection that I was able to go to the Seahawks Rams game uh, last October. So already talking to my buddy, we are going to be getting some tickets. If the season happens, we will be in New York at some point to watch a Jets game. So very cool. Should be a lot of fun. Wait till that Rona dies down, Josh. That's right. I'm going to let it just let it let it die down. Maybe they just come in and napalm the whole city. Yeah. So let's do it, fellas. Let's look at the rookie draft review. 
And I am going to actually, for the folks watching, we should mention we are doing this broadcast on StreamYard. Uh, so you can actually go to our YouTube page and see the draft board uh, that we have pulled up here for the RSO rookie draft. So I'm going to add that right now. So make sure to check us out. We'll tweet out some clips. We'll post some stuff on Instagram. But if you want to see this full segment, make sure to check out our YouTube page. So, fellas, let's look at um, the let's just go round by round. Like I said, we're going to look at hits, misses, kind of guys that are in the middle. But I want to see if you guys agree with my assessment here round by round. So let's start with round one. You can obviously see, well, for those who are listening on the audio podcast, I'll go one through 12 here. So this was the uh, Ezekiel Elliott draft, but you'll see it very quickly gets kind of grim behind Zeke. So you had Ezekiel Elliott, Laquan Treadwell, Michael Thomas, Derek Henry, Corey Coleman, uh, Deron Lee, the linebacker for the Jets, uh, mm. going at 106. Kenneth Dixon, Josh Doxson, Sterling Shepard, Will Fuller, Miles Jack, and Kenyon Drake at the 112. Wow. So, fellas, for the first round hits, I had three guys that were no-brainers. Ezekiel Elliott, Michael Thomas, Derrick Henry. Do you all agree? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, for guys that were, I said, first round, meh. Like they've been fine. They certainly haven't been stars, but I wouldn't say they've been busts either. Sterling Shepard, Will Fuller, Miles Jack, Kenyon Drake. Yeah. I don't I don't know that there's anyone else I would add to that kind of middle of the road tier. Yeah, that's it, man. I like it. Bobby, any disagreement there? Could gosh, Drake could maybe make it into the hit category, maybe. I think if we were, if he had a nice year this year, I think you could definitely move him up. But up until this point, he's been a very frustrating offensive piece to be a first round pick. Very true. Um, So he's had a few good games with Arizona, and I think we all like his his upside this season. So if uh, if you're redoing it, it goes. uh, Who would you who would you rather have? Would you rather have uh, Michael Thomas or Zeke? I think I would take Michael Thomas, especially in a dynasty league where wide receivers last longer. Yeah, so I think it would go at least the first four picks would go Michael Thomas, Zeke, Derrick Henry, and then Kenyon Drake. I agree. That would be my top four as well. So we look at the busts again from this list at 102, Laquan Treadwell. Maybe. Addy's holding out hope, I know. Um, But you have Laquan Treadwell, Corey Coleman, Deron Lee, Kenneth Dixon, Josh Doxson, and all busts. So you're yeah. looking at that is one, two, three, four, five busts in the first round. So almost half of the first round picks have been busts. And this is a good, we have four years of evidence here. It's very unlikely any of these guys turn it around at this point. Mm-hmm. So let's look at round two here, fellas. Actually a surprising number of uh, of hits. You've, obviously, the further we get in the draft, we're going to have some more misses. But the second round was pretty solid for this draft. So you had, uh, starting at 201, Tyler Boyd, DeForest Buckner, Jordan Howard, Joey Bosa, CJ Proceis, Addy, that's you, um, Jared Goff, Devontae Booker, Pharaoh Cooper, Jalen Ramsey, Paul Perkins, Leontay Carew and Keith Marshall. That was me. I'll own that one. I'll own the Keith Marshall pick. So guys on the second round hits, I had Tyler Boyd, DeForest Buckner and Joey Bosa as the no brainers. Yep. 
Yep, yep, yep. And even uh, you could probably even put Jared Goff into that category just because yeah. he's been solid as a quarterback, you know? Yeah. Might as well yeah. put J- Jalen Ramsey in I mean, that category too. Now, yeah. for fantasy purposes, do we think Jalen Ramsey has been a hit for fantasy purposes? Not for the second round of a rookie draft. Right, yeah. You should, you should never draft a corner in a rookie draft, at least in a five-round rookie draft. I think yeah. that's a horrible idea. Unless you have some type of like intel that's telling you that you've got a Quandre Diggs that's about to be listed as a corner, but he's going to play some type of a safety role. Um, I think that's a horrible idea. That's that's a it's one of the worst picks we've seen in this league. But I mean, yeah, I think the Boyd pick is fine. Uh Buckner is fine there too. Um Bosa looks like he should have probably been a top five pick overall. Yeah. If we look back and see like how he compares to like Nick and everything. He probably would have been one oh five in this draft. Yeah. yeah. And I'm I'm with Adam too. I'm fine with golf there as a hit. Um he's been kind of mad, but um, I think he'll come around. I, 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 I think he'll be all right in the long, long term. Yeah, I mean, in terms of the way this draft looks right now, like honestly, he should be like a first round pick just based yeah. on the top two rounds. Because if we're totaling it up, it looks like, I mean, so you'd add Boyd. Yeah, Forrest Buckner is probably mm-hmm. a first as mm-hmm. well. Bosa, uh, and then yeah, Golf probably is going to be at the end of the end of that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'd be okay with Bosa at like 105, 106 area. I think that's where I'd be taking Bosa in this draft. Yeah. yeah. So um, let's see here. The second round meh, picks, I had Jordan Howard, Jalen Ramsey. I don't think Jalen Ramsey has been a bust necessarily for fantasy, uh, but he certainly hasn't been a hit in my mind. Um, and Jordan Howard has been solid, you know, mm-hmm. not spectacular, but definitely not a bust. So you have. One, two, three of six guys. So half of the second rounds were either hits or meh. So you're looking at for busts, CJ Procise, Devontae Booker, Pharaoh Cooper, Paul Perkins, Leonte Carew, and Keith Marshall all busting in the second round. So this is top 24, and we've got 11 of the top 24 picks are busts. Nice. So almost half of the top 24. Not good. So, not good. Not great. Another point here that's important to remember, this was our first rookie draft all playing on the RSO platform. So we really didn't know what we were doing. Um, But at the same time, um, you know, we knew enough to know looking back, that was a bad pick. So third round hits, fellas. Uh, Well, we'll do the rundown here and then we'll get into the hits. Some interesting names to bring up here. Third round started with Hunter Henry, Paxton Lynch, Braxton Miller, Shaq Lawson, Tyler Higby, Deion Jones, Ooh. Austin Hooper, Malcolm Mitchell, Carson Wentz, Richard, Richard Higgins, Wendell Smallwood, and Carl Joseph at the 312. So mm-hmm. the hits for me were Deion Jones and Austin Hooper. Yeah. Mm. And I'd put I'd put Hunter Henry in that mix yeah. just because he's held his value. He's been valuable in fantasy, even though he hadn't been able to stay healthy. People have a good outlook on outlook on him. He's even still being drafted as like a tight end six now, mm-hmm. you know. So that's that's valuable. And then also I like um Carson Wentz. He's been he's been solid. Mm-hmm. And uh Higby. I think Higby's coming on now. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I had I had Carson Wentz and Higby in the third round. Meh. Like I wouldn't say that those two guys have been hits, especially Higby. You could make the case for Wentz, but Wentz has been pretty injured. Uh, he's not necessarily a fantasy QB that I've been like really crazy about. I also had Shaq Lawson in the third round. Meh. How do you feel about that, Addy? Yeah, yeah. he belongs. He belongs next. Yeah, he's next in line for sure. Mm-hmm. So that gives us then I'm updating the hit percentage as we go here. So yeah, third round, meh, Shaq Lawson, Tyler Higby, Carson Wentz, which leaves the likes of man. Just listen to some of these names. Guys, not even in the league anymore. Paxton Lynch, Braxton Miller. Uh, you had Malcolm Mitchell who retired because of neck injuries. Yeah. Rashard Higgins, Wendell Smallwood, Carl Joseph, we mentioned. So he could be a guy that could move into the meh category at least, but so far has not been a hit. That round three is a perfect example, too, of why it takes tight ends a couple of years. You know, you look at Henry, you look at Hooper, you look at Higby. Wow, look at that, the three H's. Um, it's taken them three or four years to really get going to actually have any type of IDP re- or yeah, IDP or fantasy relevance at all. Yeah, so jumping down here to round four, we started off with Alex Collins, Keanu Neal, DeAndre Washington, Leonard Floyd, Speak of the devil, Mike Thomas for Los Angeles, uh, Reggie Raglan, Miles Killebrew, Noah Spence, Sheldon Rankins, Jalen Smith, Jonathan Williams, and Demarcus Robinson. So, guys, here I had one hit, and that was Jalen Smith. Now, we could add, I had Keanu Neal in the meh only because of the injuries. Obviously, we know this guy is a top tier safety, but the injuries just had to take him out of the hit category for me. Also had Alex Collins in the meh category as well because he yeah. had like a year or two of, of relevant fantasy value. Yeah, that's a terrible round. Yeah, really, really bad. Um, Bobby, thoughts here? It's um, ugh, yikes. Yeah, health plays a big factor. I'm a big Keanu Neal guy. I wish that he could keep it together for 16 games because I think he's really, really talented. Um, but yeah, the Jalen Smith pick is pretty nice um what is that there was he the 10th pick there for dallas yeah that's right yeah four times i mean so like rewind that jesus he's a first round pick probably i think so either that or like a like a very early second yeah um but came out of you know college with a ton of question marks on that knee yeah Um, he was a hold yeah for sure. But an awesome stab there in the fourth round. But that's really about it. Kind of gross there. It is. So uh, get ready. It's about to get grosser. So fifth round, you had Sua Cravens. Oh, God. Yeah. Here we go. Antonio Morrison, <laughs> Kelvin Taylor, uh, Kamale Correa, Emmanuel Ogba, Jordan Payton, Robert Kimdiche, Joe Schobert, Joshua Perry, Kairis Garrett, uh, sure. And Brandon Dowdy, who was drafted by Western, like the biggest Western Kentucky football fan we know. Yeah. So, uh, guys, the only hit that I had in that round was Joe Schobert. Yeah. Yeah. That's bad. Those last two rounds are really bad. That's, uh, yeah. That I think is where we start to see. Like, I think if you look as we do this more and more over the next couple of weeks here, You'll see our late rounds get a little better, but my yeah. God, were we throwing some serious darts in the dark here? Yeah, that's your first year, though. That's, uh, yeah, it that's is. how it goes. And that, that was like our first year of like dynasty, pretty mm-hmm. much. So like our legit first year. 
Yeah, you you saw there was some smart picks there. Some guys, I think the guys that had watched more college tape uh, were the ones like grabbing, you know, like Keanu Neal in the fourth or Jalen Smith. Like I know the guys that made those two picks there are big time college football fans. So I think they had a definite leg up in this uh, in this first draft here. Yeah, that helps a ton too. That's one thing that's probably a detriment to uh, IDP players that don't watch college. I mean, that college stuff can help you quite a bit. But here we are. Yeah, Bobby, you've been burning. You've been burning some uh, college tape here. Hey. Here and there. Here and there. Here and Just- there. But mostly CD Lamb tape and Jerry Judy tape. <laughs> so guys, yeah. that one on one. Probably, probably trading it. Probably going to move it. <laughs> move it for Camara and also Fred. Oh, oh, going to need a little more. <laughs> I do miss, miss Alvin. I miss seeing him on my team. Just opening up the roster, and there he is. Well, I paid so, forty-one million for time. <laughs> he was just running back, just running back. Horny he needed somebody. Yeah. So that gives us fellas a hit rate of twenty percent. Twelve out of sixty. A meh rate of 18 and a bust rate of 62% for our first draft in 2016. Mm. So, yeah, not great, Bob. Uh, in terms of uh, building your team through the draft, you basically were fighting an uphill battle to find a contributor. So we should mention here the early rounds. It's like, oh, yeah, first two rounds, those are where you really should grab some guys you can plug in and play. You had, it looks like seven out of 24 were hits and you had uh, four, six, meh. So again, even the first two rounds, not guaranteed to be successful. So we'll continue to do this next week. We'll look at the 2017 draft and see how that one shook out. But fellas, uh, let's wrap things up here. Bobo, it looks like, are you coming to us from your laundry room? We're trying to figure out the setup here. I am, man. Straight in the laundry room quietest room in the house i started with the door closed now it's open so yeah that's concerning but uh i think i still hear kids so that should be fun Uh, hope it's not like kids outside or something but yeah go to bed just go to bed don't uh yeah i I feel like you coyotes might be a problem out where you are bobo yeah yeah we talked about that a couple subs ago there was definitely a dead dog from a couple couple coyotes (laughs) the other day they got him a good one that's right well um yeah good to be back maybe next week we'll be doing a a sode in the sode shack we do miss our humble abode very much uh it is very lonely and sad out there and hopefully we'll be able to get back with you guys here soon. But your glad- wife, your wife doesn't want me around. She yeah, thinks, you're, uh, she thinks I'm contagious. Yeah, we think you're coronavirus patient uh-huh. zero for Warren County. You can see it in his eyes. He's got the Rona. <laughs> yeah, you had the Rona for a long time. If it's if it's based on your eyes, yeah. maybe maybe since the beginning of the podcast. Yeah, <laughs> I will say though. Um, to 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 kind of pull back the the scope a little bit here, Big Three got some things cooking behind the scenes, fellas. Addy, as our favorite Hanks child would say, big things, big things, <laughs> big things in the works. Uh, so stay tuned. We're not going to share any details right now, but we are making some moves behind the scenes. 
to bring you all some even better content, even more content moving forward. So it's that Ethernet cord. It is. 1500 foot Ethernet cord. Right. (laughs) That is the upgrade to the Sode Shack for this year. I'm going to make it happen at some point. We are running an Ethernet cord from my router in my office to the shed. Mm -hmm. I say we, as in Bobby. I am going to purchase the Ethernet cord and Bobby is going to lay it for us. We'll do it. We'll do it. That manual labor. Bobby, any final words here before we sign off and you go look for your children? No, just, uh, you know, hope to see you again next week. <laughs> we'll we'll be together in some form or fashion. Somehow. Once Addy gets a coronavirus test. That's right. I don't have it, guys. As he holds, I might have. You might have it as he holds up a corona and makes like a dad joke about having that coronavirus. Uh, I wish that'd be nice. Just a, uh, just one of these Sierra Nevada. You said that perfectly. (laughs) Didn't butcher that pronunciation. What it's called, Sierra Nevada Cerveza, Josh. (laughs) So, you sure? You owe me an apology. Uh, why do I mute your mic again? Hold you on. Do. Here. You owe me an apology. Remove from stream. That's All right. It. Thanks again, folks, for tuning in. We'll be back with you guys next week. Be sure to check us out. Addy, is, we've been uh, we've been working on the gram. So go check us out over on Instagram and Twitter. I think both places. Correct me if I'm wrong here, Addy, uh, at Big3IDP. Yes. Yes, for sure. We're, we're at like 1,200 followers on the gram. Big Tinks. We're at like seven now. We're like six thirty on the uh, Twitter. We're gonna keep on pumping that thing up. So uh, yeah, man, we're really happy with how everything is going. Haven't even been doing this for a year yet, but we're still having a blast. Uh, we're still, you know, we're closer than ever. I mean, mm-hmm. guys, even though we're far apart. Absolutely, this guy is the absolute limit for the big three, baby. And we'll leave you all with that. Go check us out. Leave us a review on iTunes and uh, we'll see y'all next week. Stay safe. Addy, go get that test. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thanks for listening. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Big3IDP.